The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better. First into the narrative of the book of Acts, we travel to understand what things the Lord doth require of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths into our lives. First, continuing daily. Hmm. Let me think continuing daily. Where have I heard this daily thing before? Wait, did we not just do the DNA? We just did it a second ago. I'm just pointing that out. Uh, Could it be from our DNA that we've heard about daily? Let me think. Where did Jesus talk about our daily unity? Where did that thing come before? Could it be when he said to pray that to our Father and that we should pray daily? There's a lot of daily stuff going on. Maybe we should have a show named Daily. Next, Breaking Bread House to House, it is the most intimate element of Jewish culture. It is not the temple. Everyone went to the temple looking their best, but eating together is where the real vulnerability is. So if you have a fellowship without eating together, you may have the GF disease. What's that? Guarded fellowship syndrome. Ooh. And finally, gladness and simplicity. Doesn't that sound awesome? It does. First, gladness, which means less sadness, a continual attitude of divine appreciation, is a continual feast. And second is the principle of simplicity. There is a warning within the scriptures not to be removed from simplicity. That warning is there to help us keep it simple. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oeve. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's David at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214. I can't even talk. That's pretty good. 214-210-8483. Or you can call us, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you do, Terrific T answers the phone, and that is terrific. Now, keep in mind, any topic is open for conversation because it's not professional radio. It's just radio. It's basically a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. So you might have a question. You might have a comment. You might have 
a prayer request. You might have a praise report. You might have something you just want to share and bounce off of other Christians so you can get an idea of what's going on. This is that kind of format. That's what we created it for. It's to be a fellowship. It's not your church, but it is a Christian fellowship. That is our desire and our design. And we also do a lot of Bible trivia. Speaking of which, here's our first Bible trivia question. True or false, Jesus spent about 10 years teaching and performing miracles with his disciples. True or false? If you think you know the answer to that, you can call us at 972-445-0770 or text in 214-210-8483 or email david at hemustincrease.org, which is where our website is, where you can also give, if you're so inclined, and also receive a free book. Just go to hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie artichoke. And as we've told you in the past, okie dokie artichoke means nothing. It's a theological term. We're just saying it, okie dokie artichoke. Uh, so the trivia question is, I'll repeat it one more time because we've got a lot to cover here. Uh, true or false, Jesus spent about 10 years teaching and performing miracles with his disciples. Is that true? Is that false? Reach out to us if you think you know the answer. A couple things I want to repeat from the prior 30 minutes. Number one, every once in a while when you guys call in, it's hard to hear you on the phone. Okay, now that's not to be mean or anything. It's just, you know, I'm older. The equipment is almost brand new. <laughs> this equipment is older than my grandfather. Anyway, uh, I just want to point that out. And so sometimes I will talk over you. I'm not trying to do that. So I apologize for that. Just bear with as I am just trying to hear you and get a good handle on things. Then the last thing to remind you about Easton's being prayed for. He is doing stable. That is the result of where he's at right now. And we love that you guys are praying for him, believing for him, and standing with us in the process. Okay? You know, it's like a lot to cover. You know, that's really what it is. Now, we do have somebody on the phone. I don't know if they're going to ask a question or they're going to answer the trivia. Whatever the case may be, we'll give them that chance. Unless, of course, they have a deep desire to order us a pizza, which we will then let them stay on for as long as they want to. No, no, no. Well, maybe. Okay, maybe. Uh, don't forget about the book. Uh, I hope that the book, for those of you that are reading it, is not uh, – Swishing your brain. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, do they want to answer the trivia? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. Hi, Mary. Mary. How are you? Oh, I think I'm a little bit better. I'm glad to I'm, hear that. Yeah, and I'm going to go to another doctor that should be able to really help me. Yay! That's good news. And we've been, we're praying for you, so Yay, we want you to be right. we want you to be doing better for sure. For sure. Thank you. You are more Thank than you. welcome. All right. Okay. You, you got an answer for the trivia? Here we go. You ready? You ready? 
True or false, Jesus spent about 10 years teaching and performing miracles with his disciples. False. That is correct! You are right! <laughs> yes! About how long was it, Mary? I know you know the answer. How long? Three years. That's right again! You are so good. Excellent job. Excellent job, Mary. We greatly appreciate that. That's good work, and we appreciate that. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And we'll keep praying for you. You keep posted, keep us posted as to how you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I, I don't know about this Samson. Well, uh, is he a, a yeah, he's going to be, adult? yeah, he's, oh yeah, Samson, he's going to be re- reaching out. We're going to have a little segment on that, but we're not going to do it yet. So I can't talk about it. <laughs> oh, but you are going to talk about it sometime. Cause yes. you know, uh, not I today, went, I but went in the about next day. a week without hearing the program. And this was, yeah, Samson fellow is mentioned why I wasn't listening. Yeah, he's one of our listeners, and he was in a situation where he lost his vehicle and had no car. So people in the oh, audience dear. put it together and contributed, and we have a, a gift for him that we're trying to put into his hand so that he can get a vehicle. And it's got nothing to do with the show, per se. It's just everybody who's listening to the show, which is amazing because if you think about the dynamic of uh, of of what we're doing the audience pulls together themselves and decides let's give this guy some money so he can get some wheels and that's what they did and so that's what we're going to do we're going to present him a uh, uh an amount of money it's, it's about two thousand dollars that he's going to get isn't that cool that sounds fantastic yeah i'm so happy i'm so but, i'm so uh, blessed but you know what i i get these stupid phone calls i get these stupid phone calls it's that um, telling me that um, I'm going to lose something about the, the vehicle, something about the car, okay? It's one of those... Um, Scam things where oh. they, they lie to you on the phone? And Is... I've never had a car in my whole life, see? Never. <laughs> and <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> Mary, you know what you should do? I just think this is a great idea, but it's okay. It would be a joke and not a lie. You should say, oh, yeah? Come take my car. <laughs> <laughs> Come get it. Yeah, well, I should, that's right. I should be. I should just laugh that's about so it. Funny. I get irritated with it sometimes, uh, but they'll say, "This is your last call." You wish. <laughs> this is your last warning. That's so funny. Well, you're such a blessing. We just appreciate you so much. You're just wonderful to talk to. Uh, we appreciate you. Well, thank you. Right. Oh, I better hang up. Okay. So, Good to okay. talk to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. She's so sweet. Come on. We'll do this segment. We'll start it. We'll do the next thing next thing. But, I mean, don't you love that? Don't you love And then she didn't get – I didn't get to hear what happened. What's happening? I want to catch up. You know? I mean, we're not going to do a newsletter, folks. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> you should do a newsletter. No, I should not. I don't have enough time. Trust me. But isn't that wonderful? Really, our whole segment that I'm going to teach on next is about this this uh, one accord mentality. I'm going to put two segments together so you won't miss anything, just so you can know. All right? So anything else we got to cover? We're good for there. The one thing I do want you to keep aware of or keep it in the, the back of your minds or whatever is wherever the Lord wants to take us 
as a fellowship, that's where we want to go. We don't want to tell God what to do. We want to follow what he wants. You're a part of that. Your prayers mean a lot in that process. Okay, we're going to take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. But I want to get this specific scripture, and it's really important. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. It says this, Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it was said, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, his faith he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Hey, was not... Oh, impossibility. God gave him a promise when he was 75. It didn't get to fulfilled until he was 100. 25 years between promise and fulfillment. God made sure he was good and dead before the promise came about so that when Isaac was born, everybody knew, it's amazing. It's a miracle. Exactly. And and it wasn't that Abraham didn't know he was ha- he was old. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 99 before the conception took place, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham went through this and turned around and yelled at God and complained. He gave glory to God. He knew God could do this. And he believed that the promise that God had given him was important. And he held on to that even though facing the fact the circumstance was completely wiped out. Guess what? God showed up. I'm telling you right now, you can tell me all you want about circumstances and situations and your feelings and your processes, but I am telling you, when God shows up, according to Scripture and according to testimony, to the law and to the testimony, the Scripture says, to the prophets and to the testimony, here's what you got to be aware of. When God shows up, changes everything. And you're thinking, well, will that happen for Easton Scott? I hope so. But guess what? If my daughter spends her whole life believing and Easton's whole life believing that God can step in and this can change and that may yet happen, she's not done a bad thing. She's raised a child with this gracious hope. If God decides not to do that, instead of complaining about it, it's about giving glory to God, believing that he knows what is in our best interest, even when we don't understand And yes, I get it. There are tough things. I went through a a, a myriad of tough things, and I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Second of all, I'm surprised that the Lord brought me through any of them. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it anyway. What is the David Spoon experience? Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt. I got better. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. want to give you the next trivia question, and there is a reason why. This is very close to a previous question we did 
Uh, I think we did this question on Tuesday. Today's Thursday, as far as I could remember. This is close to it, and there's a reason for it. Here's the question. To which group who opposed him did Jesus say, at the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage? To which group who opposed him? There's a group that opposed Jesus. Did he say, at the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Which is the group that he said that to? Uh, see if you can get that one. If you think you know, you want to call in 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can also email in david at he must increase dot org. I also have, now every once in a while I do this too, I'm just in that mood and you're just going to have to put up with me. You know, you have to love me like I have to love you, right? So I mean, that's, okay. <laughs> that See, that gives me justification to do this joke. You see? I don't know. What do you think? All right. This isn't one we've done before, but it's been a long time. And I came across it and somebody rewrote how they did it. And so I wanted to do the new version, okay? All right, so just, just, just smile for a second, and then we'll get into the text. Everybody else, relax. Uh, two buddies, Chris and John, were two of the biggest baseball fans in America. For their entire adult lives, Chris and John discussed baseball history in the winter, and then they poured over every score box score during the season. They were just fully committed to the sports. They went to 60 games a year. They even agreed that whoever died first would try to come back and tell the other if there was baseball in heaven. One summer night, Chris passed away in his sleep after watching the Yankee victory earlier in the evening. He died happy. Yankee fan. A few nights later, his buddy John awoke to the sound of Chris's voice from beyond. Chris, is that you? John asked. Of course it's me, Chris replied. Well, that's unbelievable, John exclaimed. So tell me, is there baseball in heaven? Well, I have good news and bad news for you. Which do you want to hear first? Well, tell me the good news. Well, the good news is, yes, there's baseball in heaven, John. Oh, that is so wonderful. What could possibly be bad news? You're pitching tomorrow night. (laughs) Come on. You're pitching tomorrow night. (laughs) That's not bad, right? Not bad. Okay. All right. Trivia question, then I'll just do teaching for they're on a, you're pitching tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, which to which group who opposed him did Jesus say at the resurrection people will neither marry nor be given in marriage? Uh, your opportunity is very slim to to do this on a call, but you can still do it in a text. Nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero on the call. Two one four two one zero eight four eight three on the text. And then email, you can always do david at he must org. Let's now go to expository teaching and our fantastic intro for that. Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! Yeah, see, we spare no expense. And actually, we spend no expense. So that's really kind of 
fair to say. Here's the text. We are in the book of Acts. One day we're going to get out of it, but it might be like 2050. And then by then we're assuming the Lord has returned. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 46. So continuing, continuing daily with one accord in the temple... Now, this is all the disciples, right? So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. So let's talk about that just real quickly so you can understand. Continuing daily. Now, we do our DNA. We make a big deal about it, and we try to encourage you in it because your relationship with the Lord is daily. It is not a matter of, well, it's really just cut out for the you know the Lord's day and then you know, throw in a Bible study or throw in a fellowship group. And it's like, well, that sounds great. The problem is, if you read Matthew 7, 21, Jesus said to be, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. When the people came and said, well, we did all this stuff in your name. We did all this stuff. We were doing this. We were going to church. We were doing all this great stuff. And it's like, Jesus is like, who are you? I was like, that is the only thing you don't want to hear. <laughs> you don't want to hear Jesus say, who are you? So the reality check is there has to be a continuity of your faith. Does that mean salvation is by works? No. It means that if you have real faith, it'll have a continuity to it. That's what it means. If you have genuine faith, it's active. Okay? Faith is not a dead faith, it's a living faith. And so in that process, we have this continuity, that consistency. And here in Acts chapter 2, verse 46, they continue daily with one accord. Now, do we continue daily like in the church functions? Nope, our society is not structured that way. They can pull that off in Rome. You could hardly pull that off in America. It's pretty tough. But you can continue daily with the Lord. And if you don't continue daily, you're not even praying, and I'm not praying the way Jesus told us to pray. Uh, and, and you think, well, is there a unity in this you know, con continuity? Yeah, because Jesus said when you pray, say, our Father. You, you see that plural in there? Not my Father, but our Father. And then in the middle of the prayer, he says, give us this day our daily bread. So the plurality is our Father. Everybody's in the thought. Everybody's in the process. The timing of it is daily. Okay. And that's the con the continuing daily aspect. And they were in one accord, and we talked about that in the first 30 minutes, about truly wanting the best for one another. Being in one accord, it is a car, but truly <laughs> being in one accord has to do with really wanting the best for one another, not conformity, but a unity, a unifying factor. You have the same Heavenly Father, you are blood relatives through the blood of Jesus Christ, and you drink from the same spiritual fountain, the Holy Spirit. That unity will never cease. You will always be unified if you are an authentic, genuine, Bible-believing, born-again Christian. Period. It'll never change. It doesn't matter what denomination you go. It doesn't matter what country you were born in. That's irrelevant. What's relevant is where the unity is found. It is found in the Father, in the Son, and in the Holy Spirit, and not in the—everybody has to think the same. That's exactly incorrect. In fact, when Paul talked about it, he said some of you are saying, I'm from Paul, I'm from Cephas, I'm from Apollos, I'm from Christ. And everybody thinks, well, see, I'm from Christ, I'm from Christ. Wrong answer. The answer is supposed to be we, not I. So that's just wrong. That's wrong, 100%. So they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. And there you go. Here's the moment where y'all like go. 
Because when you break bread, when you eat food, that's when the worst of us comes out and the best of us comes out. And when you're eating a meal together, that's when you're pretty much more you than on stage. When you get together and you eat, uh, let me just use a, maybe a bad example, but a funny example. So let's say you get together and you eat really big burgers and the burger stuff drips down your chin and maybe some of it falls on the floor where the dog gets it before you have a chance to pick it up because there is a five-second rule and all that stuff. And then you start laughing and then you start, oh, this is that. And that's the place where you're really you. That's where the vulnerability is. Most people go to church. Don't I mean, just just honesty. There's nothing wrong with being honest about it. Most people go to church and they are looking their best, and or, or they are acting their best, or they are thinking their best. When you eat, it's like your 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 time. <laughs> I get to be me. Well, eating with one another is a big deal. So in, in Flagstaff, when I used to do uh, ministry gatherings the the saying that we use the mission statement we used is you got to be able to have cheeseburgers together why because you and i might disagree on eschatology but by golly can we not have a cheeseburger i mean i don't care if you want if you you, you want different kind of cheese it's a cheeseburger let's have a cheeseburger there. let's talk tell me about your life tell me about your family what's going on what can i pray for you that's how you break down those boundaries, and that's where you talk about the deeper, more more intimate elements of life. Not everything has um, uh, a spiritual polish so it looks good. Sometimes the, the downright, sincere, nitty-gritty comes forward easier when you're in a relaxed fellowship with one another. I know, because being burned in a church, it's hard to trust people. But the only reason that the Lord brought you through it wasn't to sit you on the sideline, but so that you can help others. And so, okay, so we got to do that. So they continued daily. They were in the faith daily. They were in one accord. And we should be, as Christians, one accord because we should be praying that the Lord returns and we should be witnessing and it should be like all connected that way. And they were breaking bread from house to house. And everybody shared in this. In other words, people, it, it wasn't just one place. It was everybody's place, right? Uh, here's a great idea if you're in a group. I'm just suggesting it, but just listen to what I'm saying. If you're in a group and there's maybe four or five couples and it's possible to do so, sh- share the hosting. Everybody host a little. You can do that. I mean, you know, people are, well, I'm embarrassed. Are you kidding? Who has not gone through I'm almost sleeping in my car experience? <laughs> Come on, everybody. Has. It's fine. Your brothers and sisters will love you. Sure. Be that vulnerable with one another. Find out people stand by you in that. Okay? All right. Uh, what was our trivia question? Oh, yeah. Uh, to which group who opposed him did Jesus say at the resurrection people will neither marry nor be given in marriage? That actual answer is the Sadducees, not the Pharisees, the Sadducees, who were much more the fake worldly religious kind of people than anything else. All right, we'll take our break and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Anyway, that's not even the story. Let me tell you the story. Because it's so big, I cut the first third yesterday. 
And uh, that's the front of the house. And the back two-thirds I'll do today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever that is. But it looks really good. All right? So that's cool. Anyhow, there's – so I'm cleaning it all up, and I've got the little electric weed eater and the little blower. (laughs) They're working. It works great. Everything's working great. And I have a stick. Now, this stick – was there when we moved into the house, and it was a stick that went with a broken rake. And I don't know why uh, my wife and I have kept it in the garage for like 17 months, but I thought, this is ridiculous. I got to get rid of this stick. So I looked at the stick, and I thought, I could high karate this because it wouldn't fit in the trash can, right? A little too long. You put it in the trash can, even on an angle, the trash can sitting up about four inches, and you know it was windy yesterday. So if I did that, to catch the wind, and you know, so I thought, nah, I can high karate this. I'm strong enough. And then I thought, this is the kind of thing where pride really gets in the way. I got to be careful. So I did what any other guy would do. I took my two trash cans. I put the stick in between the two trash cans. I took a saw and I cut the saw half. I used the saw and cut the stick halfway through. So now I'm going to high karate this bad boy and feel good about it. Yeah, no pride here, right? How long do I got? Like a minute, two minutes? Perfect, two minutes. Watch this. So I cut it perfectly in half. I get my arm, my forearm, my elbow, and I go, hi-ya! And I high karate that bad boy. One part of the two part sticks, okay, which is like kind of like a broom handle, hits the top of the trash can where it was sitting, kind of bounced on it, came up, and hit me right in the forehead. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> I was really feeling pride right up until it hit me in the head. And then I realized, one, I couldn't have done it without the saw. And two, even with the saw, apparently I couldn't have done it (laughs) because the stick hit me back. I don't think that was very nice of it. And I will say it did end up in the trash and it went bye-bye. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. We're going to take a little bit of change in how we do things because of uh, some things we have to do here at the station. You just have to have confidence in me. I know you do, kind of. A couple things to remind you about. I do want to remind you about the book. Believe it or not, I even updated it again. Uh, also, for those who are reading the book, let me know what you think. We can't really change a lot, but it's, you know, it's a work of labor of love. And the idea behind the book and the reason that I bring it up is because something happened today that was really weird. Not weird, but kind of weird. And that is the Lord was uh, having me, had me review and just kind of sharing my heart with you uh, in Ezekiel 34 about uh, uh, pastors and shepherds and leaders not reaching out to the sheep that have kind of lost their way. And the book that I wrote has a lot to do with that. And so I'm just getting this weird, like, hmm, is the Lord trying to tell me something? Which the answer is probably yes, but I'm not always the sharpest tool in the box. So uh, you guys, if you're going to pray for me, you could pray uh, that quite simply, hey, give Dave clarity. 
fact, you should really be praying that for me on a regular basis <laughs> for everything. Just trust me on that one. But anyway, it's just kind of one of those weird uh, elements because I went through a really – you know, I haven't shared a whole bunch about that. But as you, if you read the book, you find out. I mean I was uh, – it was a really abusive pastoral situation. And and you just think, well, why in the world could, could God ever let anybody go through something like that? And my answer to that most directly would be that since that time, I've had the chance to minister to close to 100,000 people. And so my answer is, that's why, because God has something else in mind, and we want to stick with that, okay? All right. We're going to do history in a second, and we're going to do our trivia in a second. Uh, the last thing I want to ask you to do is to pray for me in the schooling, that is... Still a contentious issue for me. It's getting so bad where I'm having dreams about it. <laughs> so I can tell it's it's uh, uh, affecting me just a wee bit. Okay? All right. All right. So on our text, uh, one of the things I want to bring up, and I'm going to do this, and then we're going to do the question after, and then we'll do the history uh, probably in the next segment. But on our text, we're going to be talking about uh, the uh, next phase or the next portion of the verse, which is verse 47. Before we do that, I'll give you the trivia, and like I said, we'll do the history in the next segment, so that'll just make that easier. So the trivia question is a pretty interesting one connecting to a prior one. Who was the only person—and remember, this is not the same question—who was the only person to call Jesus the Lamb of God? Hmm. Who was the only person to do that? If you do know that answer, you can call in real quickly at 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send a, uh email, david at hemustincrease.org. Like I said, we'll do history in the next segment. Somebody's already calling in. I'm not even getting this stuff out of my breath yet. You guys are pretty fast. <laughs> You should see all these texts. Okay. So, uh, and don't ever hesitate, by the way. Just send them in. If I can't respond to you or something, it's not because I don't like you. It's because I can't respond to you. That's why. Uh, somebody to answer? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, this is Bobby from out here in Climax. Hi, Bobby. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, and I think that would be uh, John the Baptist. That uh, is correct. Uh, yes. That is so right. And let me tell you why this uh, it's actually quite significant. The, the This is something a lot of people don't know, so I'm going to give you kind of like a two-year seminary theology thing in about 45 seconds. So what happened is for about 18 or 1,700 years, people kept seeing Jesus and theologians kept writing about Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In the late 1700s, they started to look at Jesus as a model versus as the Lamb of God. So their theology moved people to try and emulate him, but they lost the Lamb of God part and forgot that that's like the central. You're supposed to model Christ, but you got to get saved first kind of thing. And that's where some of the bad theologies in the 1900s and the 2000s came out because they shifted their focus off of that one thing where, where John, first thing he said, there's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And they blew yeah, it on that. Yeah. Isn't that a fa- it's so fascinating? I just find that so weird. Excellent yeah, I, job. Didn't, I didn't know all that about 
theology and stuff. But, yeah, uh, yeah, they they sense. shift it, <laughs> and that's the problem. Is when you makes like it seems like such a small item, but when they shifted the focus off of the Lamb of God and shifted to Jesus as a model, they thought yeah. the way to fulfill the gospel had to do with modeling, but they forgot the salvation part, and that's why you have so many uh, well, denominations that are a little wackadoodle. <laughs> you <know what> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be written in the book of works. You want to be in the book of life. That's exactly <laughs> right. Excellent line. I'm going to use that for sure. You don't want to be in the book of works. That's a good well, one. I love it. Yeah, I read in Revelation what happens to those groups. They just don't make it. Yeah, excellent job. Very good, uh, my brother. I appreciate you have it. Have a good day, David. And, uh, y'all, y'all put on a great show. Thank you so much, and be blessed. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. All right, great job, great job. Okay, all right, okay, okay, all right. Uh, like I said, we're going to do the, the other thing there. Right? Listen to this. This is my actually my favorite part to teach, which is why I want to do it no matter what. So uh, Acts 2, 46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. By the way, gladness is not a name for somebody. It's not Gladys. It's gladness. And simplicity of heart. Why that's important? <sighs> because in our faith and in a lot of things that we encounter and go through, we bring this unique capacity to create complexity. <laughs> we are so good at making things so difficult. It's uh, I think it's in the sinful DNA. That's all I'm going to say. It's somewhere in our system. It's kind of like when you learn to tie your shoe, and then instead of just learning to tie the shoe, you think, well, let's think of the, the theoretical principles that apply here in physics. It's like tie the shoe. Okay, tie the shoe. It's almost like you can get so deep in it. And why that's important, there's two things. A person that is operating in gladness has a continual feast in their heart, right? A merry heart does make like medicine. Why does it make like medicine? Because that gladness that's in a person's life is life-giving. It's encouragement. It's blessing. It makes you smile. It makes you laugh. You think, well, why do you always do some of those dumb jokes or some of those things? Because they're so ridiculously silly and people are like, well, you can't be, you can't laugh. Didn't God create you with that button? Okay, you shouldn't be laughing at bad things, but something that's just goofy, you should be able to laugh all day long. And that's part of the gladness of heart and just enjoying life. There's an enjoyment. Keep in mind, the ultimate tenet of, of mankind is to glorify God and enjoy his fellowship forever. That, that's why we were created. It's like, okay. So we're just connecting into some of that, and that's the, the gladness part. But the simplicity part, boy, that's the one. The simplicity, there's a warning in 2 Corinthians 11.3 that says, be not removed from the simplicity that is in Christ. It's uh, And it's talking about our devotions to Christ, and there's like five or six translations that you can kind of wave it in and out, but it comes down to the same thing. Complexity is something we bring in or the devil brings it in, and that's specifically what 2 Corinthians 11.3 states, that it's that Paul's concern is that, that Satan would warp their thinking to the degree that they would be removed from the simplicity of Christ. That's an issue, because when it comes down to it, 
there is a piece of good news, and it doesn't have five million strands of theology. God loves you. You are on your way to hell. Jesus died on that cross, was buried, and three days later he rose again, and your surrender to God's testimony gets you out of that disaster. That's it. <laughs> we make it really complex. Yes, Dave, but the eschatological disposition of premillennial dispensationalism, when it's warped, warped into the soteriological ecclesiastical elements that have to do with homotiology and soteriology, make theology proper. You know what? God loves you. <laughs> Go with that. Right? I mean, and that is an issue. And so what they did as a church, as a group, as a unit, is these people were happy. Christianity wasn't a drag, which is really important. And then they did this marvelous thing. They had the simplicity. And there's many commentators, and I do appreciate these comments, where they say it was easier for them because instead of trying to take all of the stuff in life and funnel it into an understandable cup, they just kept thinking, eh, we're going to heaven. <laughs> yeah, we're going to heaven. And it might be 20 years. It might be, you know, 100 years. It might be 20 minutes. I don't know. But we're going to heaven. And that's what counts. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's the thing. And that's what even Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 9, where he says, Receive the end, the end of our faith, the salvation of our souls. In the end of the day, we get to go to heaven. That's what it is about. If you were doing this whole thing just to be a more righteous person, uh, like people that are, that are you know, into different philosophies and they try to have an existential Christianity and it's all about you know, leaving the earth better and da-da-da-da, that's all baloney. I mean, that's just so ridiculous. If we're not going to heaven, even Paul says, you're not going to heaven? Party on. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Because if you're not going, if there's not a heaven, forget it. This isn't about the 60, 70, 80, 90, 100-year journey. This is about the 60 billion, gazillion, trazillion years after. We need to be thinking in those lines, operating in those lines. And when you do operate in the face of eternity, a lot of things on the earth lose its power. Isn't that a fascinating fact? In the face of eternity, frustration loses a lot of power, right? And that's just the way it is. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KWM. Oh, trivia. No, we already did that. You already answered. So that's right. So uh, we're going to take our break. We're going to come back. Don't go anywhere. One more segment. Most of my life it feels like I've been running, running. The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. 
You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone from more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then, the show starts. And you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. I love shows like today. They're just so much fun. Just fun to do. Um, okay, here's your next trivia question. Uh, I will. There's a couple of answers that you can give only because of the different translations, but I think you'll get the, the gist of this when I'm saying it. Jesus told people that focus on the speck of sawdust in their brother's eye, uh, that they should be aware of what in their own eye. In other words, you're concentrating on a speck in somebody else's eye. What is it that uh, they're not concentrating on? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483. Elg is a rather large answer. (laughs) I'm just going to go with that. Uh, We are going to do history in the meantime. Uh, history is, uh, our fun. And then, uh, don't forget if you're going to call in, you got to call 972-445-0770. You can't, uh, call in on the text number. So there's somebody's calling there. So we'll I'll just, and the reason I tell that is because people will in fact call the other number. I have that on mute so that I can read the texts and it's not that complex. You just got to call the right number. Uh, and then we'll get into the rest of the the portion. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And then again, they're, they're getting multiple answers. Think about like just multiple answers. Uh, so the question is again, and then we'll we'll have the person say it. Uh, Jesus told people that uh, not to focus on the speck of sawdust in their brother's eye when they had what in their own eye. Are we ready for them to answer? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 
This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello? Hello, David? Yes. Yeah. Hey, David. This is Sergio. Hi. Hey, Sergio. How are you, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. By the way, thank you for participating in that process with uh, Samson. That was a real blessing from you. I appreciate that. Oh, Lord. you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I, uh, I don't know. I just it's kind of like what uh, your commercial says. Uh, you know, if you feel it in your heart to, to you know, to to donate and do it, and you know, it was just something pulling at my heart that day, and I did it. Yeah, and that's you know what? That's actually one of the best ways. I'm just going to say this real carefully. To give, like people give a certain amount or a certain percentage, and there's zero wrong with that. And you should only do that with a joyful heart. But there are times where the Lord goes, "Hey." participate in this too and you do and it's just like yeah yeah you know <laughs> yeah and, and it's something and, it's, and you know i got to piggyback on some some of your sentences of, of your show sometimes where, where you, you sometimes you, you can't explain it you know and, and i'll just leave it at that you know yep yep i do oh great job excellent so all right now you ready for the trivia question i'm feeling pretty confident you're gonna get this right you ready Yes, I hope so. Go ahead. Okay. Jesus told people not to focus on the speck of sawdust in their brother's eye when they had what in their own? A wooden plank. That is correct, Amundo! We would take log, beam, board, any of those would work. Uh, Al, our good buddy, said two by four. That's pretty funny. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is when he's talking about a speck, that's not even a splinter. A speck is that smaller thing that floats mm-hmm. in the air that you can barely see. And it's like you're looking at the speck in his eye, but there's like a treehouse in yours. So uh, work on that first, you know, kind of attitude. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Excellent. Well, great talking to you, David, and uh, we'll we'll be in touch. All right. God bless you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Likewise. Bye-bye. Bye. Excellent job. Okay. Here we go. All right. Now, this is really important, okay? I'm going to destroy a few books, not because I'm trying to. I'm just going to read the text. Not my fault. Don't get mad at me. Verse 46 from Acts Chapter 2, so we got history, don't we? Uh, we'll, you want to skip history? Yeah, skip history. Uh, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. So this is where we've kind of led up to, and I want to point out something. I did mention this, and I didn't talk a lot about it, and that is some people have a G. F disease, a guarded fellowship syndrome. And what that means is you, you fellowship, but you're very careful not to be vulnerable. Well, that's good that you're fellowshipping, but real fellowship has the constitution in it that we can have confidence in one another. We are trusting the Jesus in the other people that are with us. Okay? That's pretty important to do. Uh, it's a lot easier to do if you're trustworthy because, uh, you know, what a man sows, that shall he also reap. So anyway, so we get to this point. They're praising God. They're having this verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And that all the people right there is saved and unsaved. They're just having favor. I mean, everybody's like, hey, hey, oh, we hear a bunch of guys. You're great. Yeah, yeah. And then it says this at the end, and this will just basically destroy most church growth books. <laughs> and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So there's two elements in this portion that you should be aware of and that I'm going to just say straightforward. Number one, the first part about it is the Lord added. Okay? And number – well, actually, there's three parts, so I, I take that back. The Lord added. Who added? The Lord added. Who added? The Lord added. 
Are you can tell me that God can can add? Okay, is, is that a real question? Of course, God can add to this group or that group. Of course, He can. The Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. So God is involved in the process of salvation, those who are being saved, and church growth. <laughs> See, there's a lot of really awesome books on church growth. And some of those principles are worth noting. But the main principle in true, authentic Christianity is that God adds to the number. And when people say, well, how do you know that that the church is authentic? When people have their focus upward first, inward next, and outward last— then you know that they're on the right track. When people are loving God and then loving their neighbors, they love themselves. When people are focused on the acknowledgement of God, reflecting Jesus Christ, and then sharing that with others and encouraging to do so, that's how you know your church is on the right track and the Lord is adding daily. It has actually been written by somebody in the marketing field of the church that if you can't grow a church today, something's wrong because— Everybody can grow something in today's kind of environment, but you don't want to just grow something. You want the Lord to grow it. You see, if you remember the passage, Paul would plant the seed, Apollos would water, but God gives the growth. So when it's genuine and it's from God, it lasts and has an impact. When it's from man, it's built on sand, and a good wave can wipe it out. The uh, church—careful how you say this, Dave. Okay, the church has been around for 2,000 years, and there's a bunch of books out that say if the church doesn't do this, it's going to fall apart. If the church doesn't do this, this is going to happen. If the church doesn't do this, this is going to happen. And they're all really super negative, and the goal is to motivate people to— do the right things for church. I don't have a problem with the goal, but those statements are all wrong. This is the church that Jesus built. There is no universe that this church will fail. It is Jesus's church. Now, does that mean that the church in America is the last and great church? I, I would hardly think so, but I'll say this. The church is Jesus's church. It's his church. It will not dissipate. If he decides to rapture it, that's his decision. If he decides to make it go through a certain amount and then take it, that's his decision. If he decides to make it go through the whole thing and they're all wrong, that's his decision. But his church will never fail, period. Okay? I understand churches fall apart, but the church that Jesus built on the confession of Peter, has never failed, or Jesus is a liar. Uh Uh-oh. Did you just go there and say that? Uh Uh-huh. So you are either—and that's what I love about some of those ministers. I love those, those ministers who are like, this is what it says. If you don't like it, tough. I just love that, right? 
uh, minister was ministering to a missionary couple who had, who had uh, committed sin, and uh, he, they got together, and they confessed their sins, and they uh, they spent their whole life in, in missionary. They had like 30 years, and so they confessed their sins. They he prayed over them, and he goes, how you doing? And they said, well, we don't feel any different. We don't think we're forgiven. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were Bible believers. They were like, we're missionaries. What do you mean we're not Bible believers? We spent our whole lives doing that. And he said, well, it says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you're not believing that. <laughs> it's like, bam. You see how simplistic that can be? You can get so caught up in the work of the Lord that we forget the Lord of the work. He's got it covered. God is not running behind something and, oh, the media is this and, oh, this is this. Not one kingdom will stand one second longer than God allows it to, ever. That's who God is. By the way, that's the God who loves you. Okay. See that difference? That's what Jesus said. And the reason that I'm harping on it is because that's the key. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Who's in charge? The Lord's in charge. Do you ever notice sometimes your prayers, it's almost like lights out, bizarre, fantastic. Who do you think's involved in that? You? No. That's the Lord. And the more you pursue, the more he gives that to you. Okay? I just love stuff like this because it's just the realities. Wow, I went on our tirade there, huh? All right, love you guys. You just got to stand firm in the Lord. Nothing's going to fail. Not one word of Jesus will fall short ever. Never forget that. You're listening or have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll be back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Destroying everyone and everything we find. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Death was upon us.